Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good morning, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, one of the world's largest pro-life organizations, and we welcome you to a time of prayer and scripture reflection. Here on the 29th of June, the Church observes the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, and we're going to read some uh, scriptures relative to them. Let's begin putting ourselves in the presence of the Lord, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we have received the faith through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the hands of the apostles. And we ask that we, in our day, at every level of the church and of society, would hold fast to that teaching, not presuming that it is up to us to change it or even to evaluate it, but only to understand it accept and obey it, live it, and allow it to lift us up into your presence. Transform us by the forgiveness of our sins, the renewal of your grace within us, the outpouring of your Spirit, the building up of the unity of the body of Christ, and the dedication each of us has to defending life and spreading your kingdom. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So let's look at the readings here that we have from first from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12. In those days, King Herod laid hands upon some members of the church to harm them. He had James, the brother of John, killed by the sword. And when he saw that this was pleasing to the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. It was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He had him taken into custody and put in prison under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. He intended to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter, thus, was being kept in prison, but prayer by the church was fervently being made to God on his behalf. On the very night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter, secured by double chains, was sleeping between two soldiers, while outside the door guards, while outside the door, guards kept watch on the prison. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and awakened him, saying, Get up, quickly. The chains fell from his wrists. The angel said to him, Put on your belt and your sandals. He did so. Then he said to him, Put on your cloak and follow me. So he followed him out, not realizing that what was happening through the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first guard, then the second, and came to the iron gate leading out to the city, which opened for them by itself. They emerged and made their way down an alley, and suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter recovered his senses and said, Now I know for certain that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's praise the Lord with this psalm. The angel of the Lord will rescue those who fear him. The angel of the Lord will rescue those who fear him. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall ever be in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. The angel of the Lord will rescue those who fear him. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The angel of the Lord will rescue all who fear him. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy, and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called, the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved him. The angel of the Lord will rescue those who fear him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Taste and see how good the Lord is. Blessed the man who takes refuge in him. The angel of the Lord will rescue those who fear him. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. I, Paul, am already being poured out like a libation, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for His appearance. The Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed and the Gentiles might hear it. And I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil threat and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. So I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Friends, one of the things that these readings convey to us and that this feast day conveys to us is that when we talk about believing in, living, and spreading the faith, teaching the faith, whether it's parents doing that to their children, and that's where the primary responsibility lies, whether it's a priest proclaiming it in the pulpit or a catechist teaching it in front of a Sunday school classroom, our teaching is not our own. The reason Peter and Paul are important is that they bore witness to the teaching of Christ, preserved it for us, proclaimed it, and urged us to be faithful to it. We believe in a faith handed down from the apostles, received from Jesus. It's not up to us to make it up, and it's not up to us to change it. It doesn't change with the uh, shifting winds of, of time and circumstance. It's an eternal word. It always applies 
in the current moment to changing circumstances. And so the way in which the Word of God is going to transform or enlighten us or engender a response is going to be particular to each age because it's addressing particular challenges of that age. But the Word itself, the message, is not ours to change. And nor is it ours to pick and choose what part of it we want to convey. Peter and Paul are both talking here about proclaiming a message that isn't theirs. It's been entrusted to them, so it has been entrusted to us. And those to whom we proclaim it have a right to hear it in all its fullness. They don't want to hear the the opinions of the messenger. They want to hear the message. And the second lesson that comes across is there is a price for conveying that message. These men are thrown in prison. These men are suffering for the sake of this message of salvation because, as the Gospel of John tells us, the light came into the world, but some preferred darkness. So they're going to persecute the light, always. And yet we joyfully proclaim this message. Brothers and sisters, part of this message which we proclaim, for which we suffer, and which, by the way, breaks down prison cells and loosens prison chains. You see uh, what happened here. The chains, as we read, the chains fell from his wrists, and the angel said to him, Put on your belt and your sandals. He did so. Put on your cloak, he said, and follow me. The angel of the Lord rescues those who fear Him. We, we see the power of God defending His own Word as long as we are faithful to the proclamation of that Word. Peter walked out of a jail cell. And we're afraid to upset people. And we so often are afraid of any kind of opposition. Peter walked out of a jail cell. Paul endured shipwrecks and, and beatings and imprisonment and as he says here to Timothy, every evil threat. We should be both grateful to them and inspired with our mission. And at the heart of this message, of course, is the sanctity of life. Peter and Paul proclaim a faith that God joined himself to humanity, that God lifted up human nature to his very throne. The pro-life message is not just a cause, a movement, or a political position. It is the gospel of Christ that Paul and Peter sacrificed and died for. The gospel that says God has a love for humanity that inspires us to sacrifice ourselves for one another's lives rather than to take lives. Let's pray. Lord, on this festival of Peter and Paul, help us to understand that any kind of spiritual authority is authority only because it references back to you, to the confession of Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, that it is all about the one teacher, Jesus Christ. Yes, we teach the faith but we teach the teachings of the one teacher, Jesus Christ, not of many teachers and not of our own opinions. We thank you, Lord, for the steadfast witness of these apostles, and we ask you to help us follow their example. 
And we pray now as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And we pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, let's continue to pray for one another. Thank you for leaving your prayer intentions uh, in the comments. We appreciate that. Spread the word about our scripture reflections, and we will talk to you soon. If you read the speeches of the Democrat politicians who support legal abortion in this country, you will read the words freedom, choice, rights, health, and the Constitution. But you will never hear about the very thing they are defending, abortion. If you read the medical textbooks on how abortions are done, you'll read the words arms, legs, skull, bones, blood, dismember, and decapitate. The Democrats, as they promote unrestricted abortion, don't even have the courage to describe what they defend. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.